another episode of the FL Amateurs of Oz podcast for our second preview pot of the season. And I'm joined by one of the best blokes on Twitter, Pete from Sidenet, mate. How are you? Oh, thanks, Quentin. That's way too nice of an intro. I, I can't be, I, I mean, I'm not trolling anyone yet at the moment. It's still early days, but thank you very much. It's a blast to be joining you once again. No demo, but I, I'm still pretty stoked to be on. Yeah, no, nah, demos are. I'm not sure whether he was too impressive how West Ham um, have gone preseason, <laughs> so he's just pulled the COVID card. So <laughs> he's hiding. He's hiding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, really, he was actually quite disappointed. He was pretty pumped to get on. So um, he said he should be on the mend at, uh, maybe in the next couple of days. So I'd say the next episode we do, you'll be on for sure. Yeah, well, um, get well, Dave. I, I did see him the other week, actually. We bumped into it, uh, into each other, as most parents do, at a Wiggles concert. So we had a, a bit of a, a brief chat there. He was, um, you know, his bubbly self as always. So, uh, yeah, get well, buddy. See you soon. Mate, I've uh, I avoided the Wiggles with Luca, but <laughs> Elijah's uh, taken a liking to the Wiggles. So I'm, I'm really disappointed. So, <laughs> <laughs> mate, I know all the songs, but yeah, I'm sure uh, I'm sure Damo was in the same boat too. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought I, you know, I'm like, yes, I've, I've dodged a bullet, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, my youngest is fully into it. He's not old enough to go to a concert yet, but I guarantee it will be there in a few years. <laughs> guarantee it for sure. <laughs> Well, we might kick off um, the first team, um, which is Chelsea. So they did it actually some all right transfer business. They end up getting Sterling. Um, I'm not even going to try pronounce the defender's name. I might get you to pronounce <laughs> it, mate. But um, is it Kulabali? Yeah, Kulabali. Well done. I, I know you, you copped a bit of heat off um, TN off Twitter <laughs> the other day for some of those pronunciations, but you're off to oh. a strong start. So, yeah, Kulabali joining from Napoli. That's um, no. a real big signing for Chelsea. I'm, I'm quite excited about that, especially a little bit flat after the club missed out on getting um, Matthias De Ligt. But, yeah, Koulibaly's are just a, a great addition to the side. Yeah, I sort of I was um, doing my what I call scouting, but it's pretty much <laughs> just watching YouTube videos. But um, he he looks quality. Like I sort of – his passing ability is ridiculous, and he does both feet as well. I was kind of like a bit surprised at – I'd seen a couple of videos, but I think there were more um, Liverpool fans uh, just putting up the worst highlights of him. <laughs> and I was kind of like, oh, like, you know, not sure whether he's going to be a good sign. And I sort of, you know, did my research and he's a quality player. So I sort of thought that his speed, he's obviously not the fastest, but he, I think it's adequate enough speed that he's still going to be able to do what he needs to do. He kind of, he kind of looks not a like-for-like replacement with Rudiger, but I think he's going to be, you know, pretty um, pretty good at the back like Rudiger was. He was, you know, underrated the sort of difference he made to your defensive line when he played. But uh, I think he's he's very strong in tackles. He's kind of like not built like Adama Traore, but, you know, <laughs> similar. And I just thought that um, he looks like sometimes he might be a bit physical, so he might run into a few yellow cards if um, he does that in the Premier League because they seem to kind of give out cards to fun some of the games. But what are your thoughts on um, your two signings that you've made in the transfer window? Yeah, well, I mean, still touching on, on Koulibaly. He's sort of been that in that top echelon as, you know, the, regarded as one of the best defenders around, you know, with your, your Virgil van Dijk's and, and your, your others in, in that bracket. So it, it's just that he's been so comfortable at Napoli. He hasn't wanted to leave but his contract started sort of coming to an end and Napoli were looking to cash in on it and 
I think Juventus were really keen to get him, but being a strong Napoli um, man, although sort of adopted him over over the years, he didn't want to upset the fans, so he decided the move to the Premier League was a right one. So, yeah, very excited to see him in the league. And, yeah, regarding Raheem Sterling, I think it's a some really good business from Chelsea there. So um, they made no secret that they were trying to get a wide attacking player. They were pushing really hard to try and get Dembele, but... That didn't get over the line. But, yeah, Sterling sort of seems like he's still at, at his peak. He's only 27 years old. It's a bit hard to forget. He's still actually young. He's He's been around for a long time. He's, you know, got a lot of miles under the belt. But, you know, he's got a lot of street smarts too. So he'll be looking to impress in the World Cup year. I think 10 goals, five assists last season for him. So, yeah, it's going to add a lot up top for Chelsea there. And hopefully he can link up quite well with you know, Mason Mountain, Kai Havertz and, you know, because Chelsea did lose Lukaku after his loan deal expired, he had to return back to his parent club there at Inter Milan. So that was a bit of a loss, but we do move on. Yeah, no, nah, so it seems like um, I guess the Sterling type signing was what you're hoping with Lukaku when you sign yeah. him. I think that Sterling, a lot of people kind of... Um, not saying that it wasn't a, a, a good signing, but I think a lot of people forget how good he is when he's playing week in, week out, instead of being sort of rotated in and out of the side. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah, we like you just mentioned, we tend to forget that, I mean, Pep really rolls the dice a lot of the time and you know, players can have like two games and then miss out on three or in and out and it's quite hard to get that consistency. So I dare say part of, you know, Sterling leaving a club like Manchester City is probably the the promise of more game time and sort of being the the talisman for the side there. So I think it just it suits all parties. It suits Raheem. It suits Chelsea. So let's hope that it will um, bear some fruit with lots of goals. Yeah, no, definitely. We might look at their fixtures. I sort of went through to have a look, sort of when the best run is to sort of target their assets. So I think week one to eighteen, outside obviously um, Liverpool and United, but um, I sort of thought that. You definitely could start. I'm probably not going to start with defensive assets just because I've prioritised Cancelo and um, yep. Trent Alexander-Arnold. But I think Mason Mount and Sterling are two great options. And even Pulisic, if he gets you know some decent starts, he's been heavily discounted this season as well. But a couple of assets or a few assets I'm sort of looking at is obviously Mount, uh, 8.0 uh, midfielder. you got James Chilwell and Reese James and then Sterling. So I think if you target it if you're not going to go defensive i think you need to at least have one attacking asset and after watching uh mount in the trial game the other day hmm. it just made me feel even better keeping him in my team so <laughs> well I, I know sort of i mean if i'm president of the mason mount fair cup i know that you're sort of running the the, the vc position there you love mason <laughs> mount. i'm handing out the cookies mate you're running <laughs> yeah. the campaign and i'm handing out the cookies yeah yeah mount he looks like he's had a a pretty good preseason in putting on some weight. He looks pretty buff at the moment, so maybe he's going to try and sort of shoulder barge a few players off the ball too. But those, I mean, we talk about those opening fixtures. So this season with FPL, managers can really afford to look short term for the start of the season, just the way the season's going to shape out with the you know the World Cup um, reset that we we basically got at game week sixteen and. You know, we've got the wild card before that and after that as well. So, I mean, if you're looking at those first five to six weeks, there's a lot of good um, fixtures there. It's only really the Spurs game in game week two that 
looks quite difficult. So while I, I think you can take the gamble and maybe avoid a, a James or a Chilwell, I think there's definitely going to be goals scored though. And so, yeah, someone like Mason Mount could, could be um, a bit of a bargain at 8.0. And, yeah, you touched before Christian Pulisic. He did score this morning in Chelsea's second friendly against Charlotte FC. It was a bit of a a lucky deflection that fell his way. But, um, yeah, the LeBron James of soccer. Um, <laughs> he I love needs, that comparison. I, oh, I love it. There's a great meme out there. Oh, it's one of those, um, uh, I was going to say antique, not antiques roadshow, but one of those American version ones. A guy's trying to sell a signed Christian Pulisic shirt and the guy's sort of looking at it going, well, you know, this guy is basically seen as the LeBron James of US soccer. And you just, you cringe, but you do have to laugh at this. <laughs> <laughs> so it's probably like us trying to flog like um, maybe a Brett Holman, Aston Villa shirt from, well, he scored that goal against Serbia, mate. He's he did. A national treasure. He's a national treasure. Actually, back in that, what was it? That was the 2010 World Cup, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, so just before that World Cup, the Australia team did a big training camp at one of the local universities here. And I went along, I took my shirt, I got the whole team to sign it, but I hated Brett, em- um, not Brett Emerson, Brett Holman. And as he was walking up the stairs, I had, you know, had the shirt out with the pen. I actually pulled it away. And he sort of gave me a bit of a look as he walked past because I just I didn't want his signature. And then he just goes and tears it all up and serves me right. But I'm getting a bit sidetracked there. But, yeah, Christian Pulisic, 6.0. There is value there, but I think he's going to be more of an impact player off the bench. So unless he can yeah. really start firing, um, it could be a good option there. Yeah, and no, I'm sort of looking their week one fixture against Everton after watching Everton today, mate. <laughs> I am licking my lips. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, towards the end of um, last season when Everton were fighting tooth and nail to stay in the league, they did make it very hard for Chelsea. They got very physical. They got in their face. That crowd was right behind it. But, yeah, I don't know if we'll see the same atmosphere heading into that game week one. And who knows if Frank Lampard will even survive the preseason at this rate. <laughs> 100%. So just looking at a couple of fixtures, sort of obviously you've got the, the fixture of Everton week one, uh, the Spurs. I am not sold on Spurs defense at the moment. So I think that could still be an all right fixture. Maybe not defensively though, because I could see – Kane or at least Son scoring a goal or two. Yeah. But um, then you've got Leeds, you've got Leicester, Southampton, West Ham, Fulham, and then obviously you get Liverpool in week eight. So I think, um, as you said at the start there, with the prices and um, the way that sort of the wild cards will go this year, you can kind of be a bit short-sighted. So you could really um, sort of attack that Chelsea sort of early fixture run before you do sort of your first wild card. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good strategy. And I think a lot of managers will probably sleep on Chelsea too. I think there is quite a strong template out there at the moment. And a lot of the times I'm not seeing any Chelsea players other than a Reese James or um, Ben Chilwell in their side. So, yeah, someone like Mason Mount, we've seen on his day, he could absolutely rack up the points. So definitely an avenue there to, to get um, a good start to the season. Would you... Maybe have a look at uh, Kulabelli if you don't go Reese James or Chilwell, or do you think um, it's more of a wait and see? Yeah, I th- with Kulabelli, I think he's coming at five point five. So, I think if you're looking at a Kulabelli, I think you have to really just try and stretch that extra point five to get to to go for one of those attacking um, wing backs because unless he's going to start being a monster in in the penalty box and score a few goals from set pieces. And, I mean, when he's got guys like Mount James and Chilwell 
putting it on his head. There's a good chance of that happening. But, um, yeah, I, I think early doors, I would probably stay away from a big centre-back like that, only because there's just so many options in the game for attacking full-backs and wing-backs in general. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's my thinking. But, I mean, the club's also looking at getting in um, Jules Kunde. So I think they've made a bit of about, I think it's 60 million euros. Yeah. So that looks all but done. So that's going to be another great addition there for the Chelsea defence. So, I mean, if they can get their, these these players all together, start gelling really quickly, then we could see a massive influx of points for our defenders with all those clean sheets. So, you know, Koulibaly, it, like, it's not the worst idea. But I think earlier on in the season, we know what we're going to get with the likes of James and Chilwell. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I sort of, I'd seen a few people talking about it, and obviously even talking about Edison as well. But you know, as as I've probably said to you, or you've heard me saying, is I'm not a hundred percent sold on how their defense is going to look. We've obviously Rudiger not there, yeah, um, this season. But I mean, if uh, Kulabali comes in and just looks absolutely amazing you know, that will probably change my mind a bit. Yeah, yeah. It, well, let's um, – well, um, I hope so. I hope that's the case. <laughs> well, we might get into our next side, which is Crystal Palace. So they haven't really done a great deal in the transfer market. They they got in uh, Chick uh, Decore. They got uh, Sam Johnston and uh, Malcolm Abeway. Yeah, mate, that is mate. about as good as I was going to do. <laughs> I was hoping I didn't have to say the name. <laughs> but um, I was just having a look. I sort of I watched um, – I was at work for the, the Man United Crystal Palace game. But, oh, yeah. Um, Everway sort of looked really skillful. I saw just, you know, a few little highlights of him. I watched sort of like the mini match. But um, he looks pretty solid, but I'm just not sure whether he's going to displace the likes of like a Elise or – and as a depending on how they sort of set up, but he might be one sort of just to see how he goes. But he, you know, he's got a lot of talent. But they do have quite a few um, sort of wide players, so I'm not sure um, whether he'll be in straight away. Uh, Decore, I've sort of he looks someone that they need because um, who was the midfielder that started the season last year that was sort of it always hampered uh, Gallagher. I'm trying to think of his name. Oh, uh, um, Miller Milivojevic. Yeah, so it kind of reminds me of him. He's got really good passing, defensively good. Um, probably not going to offer too much in attack. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think he's going to make them better, but probably not like someone to look at sort of as a FPL asset. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, while he might may strengthen the side from an FPL asset and might not be one that, that we look at. And, yeah, it was a bit hard to get a, a read on Palace the other night in that game against Man United just because – the side that they sort of travelled out here with are missing quite a lot of players. So we haven't seen Mark Gahey, Zaha, Eze um, travel because of um, because of fitness and, and other reasons. So, yeah, the, the side that Vieira put out was it, – it felt like a real mishmash of fringe players and youth players. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, United looked great the other night. I'm, I'm not taking anything away from United. But, yeah, I think it was um, – if I was a, a Palace fan, maybe I wouldn't be too – concern because yeah that's nowhere near the best side that they're going to put out no definitely not like i just i sort of take note of just watching it so it's probably good to see a couple of the plays that you're probably not going to see too much of at the start of the season maybe yeah. towards the middle of the season they might sort of get some game time but 
from that perspective, I thought it was it was good. But um, looking at the fixtures, so their best fixtures that I've looked up to target is probably around that week twelve to about week um eighteen nineteen. So there's some easy or I wouldn't say easy fixtures, but easier fixtures. So they start with Wolves. They've got uh, Everton, Southampton, West Ham, Nottingham Forest, Fulham, Bournemouth, and then obviously the, the week 19, they go to Spurs. So I really think those are some decent fixtures that you could kind of look at to target. But I'd probably then get off their assets because when it hits about week 19 to 28, they've got a few hard fixtures there. So I think there's a... As I've said to um, numerous people on Twitter, is there's good assets, but it's always about when you get on those assets, and I think you could definitely target them around that time. But looking at some of their assets, um, Eze, which you mentioned earlier, 5.5. Um, a couple of the preseason games I've watched, he just looks like absolutely amazing. They had him sort of deployed in the sort of a number 10, but oh, yeah. he also... Um, it's almost like he was a roaming number 10, so he spent a bit of time out wide and just sort of moved freely in behind Zaha um, up front there. And I sort of thought um, Zaha at 7.0, like a little bit more expensive, but, you know, it'd be criminally underpriced if he was about six, six and a half. So Yeah, I think they've <laughs> sort of got that one right, haven't they? Yeah, it's, it's like you, it's a little bit to pay because of obviously the – the value of mids that you can get for sort of like that 6.0 and below. But, yeah, it's a good price for him. And sort of Mark uh, Gahey, you know, he's he's had some all right returns, got a couple of goals last season, but I think he's probably the best asset to um, to target if you want a defensive asset because he does sort of uh, get a lot of interceptions and um, sort of features in the BPS as well. So, but outside them, I'm not sort of looking at anyone else. Um, is there anyone that's you're sort of looking at, or someone that you think might be one to watch? Yeah, I think for those those first few weeks of the season, yeah, that you know those fixtures look pretty scary. So yeah, Arsenal, Liverpool, Villa, City, and and Brentford. So I mean, you mentioned that fixture swing for them around game week twelve. So hopefully by then we've got a good reading on Palace and we can see how you know what their ideal eleven is because you know someone like Eze. You know, last season was supposed to be Eze's like massive coming of age season, but then he just suffered that cruel injury, so he basically missed nearly the entire season. If Eze can sort of you know get the minutes, get the form, and start showing what he's capable of, by the time we get to game week twelve, I mean he might not have a, a big price increase from that five point five. He'd, he'd probably go straight into our sides and. Um, yeah, Elise is always fun to watch, but it's it's quite hard to sort of pick the minutes he's going to get, and that just seems a bit of a, a yeah, a bit of a concern for the um, for the short term. Long term, he may sort of get the his act together, but yeah, short term, I think I'd be avoiding. But a lot of value in that defense. I think you're not paying any more than four point five for a defender, but like you mentioned, Mark Gay, he is probably the go to because he's a, a great defender. He's um, He's going to be absolutely world-class. And as far as the forwards go, I don't see a lot of goals coming from that forward line. I, I don't no. know about you, but, you know, Edward, Mateta, Benteke, they're probably all going to only score like maybe six goals each for the season. Yeah. I think <laughs> it's their midfields where a lot of yeah. their goals, like I could be wrong, but I have a feeling like the likes of Zaha, Eze, uh, Elise, uh, even um, Ayu, I think that's, you mm. know, a lot of their their goals are going to come from there. Yeah, yeah, all those forwards sort of seem like a bit of a 
like they're all plotters <laughs> they're all about the 5.5 and they're sort of they'd be great if you just held them on for the entire season but uh yeah they're all sharing minutes and they're all not really doing much and yeah there's going to be a big void left in that midfield too with with no Connor Gallagher there this season so um yeah Vieira's got his work cut out for him it's it's not going to be a, an easy season for Palace I mean they they had quite a good fixture run to start last season but that doesn't seem to be the case this season no, and I, I mean, I remember earlier uh, in the preseason, I heard a rumor that they're going to try target Emmanuel Dennis. So, if oh, they yeah. did get someone like that, it yeah. might sort of make them more appealing. But um, yeah, I haven't heard sort of anything more after that. I think it was a random tweet. Someone said it was a transfer rumor, but yeah, yeah, yeah they they do need someone someone in there because yeah, all those those players, while they're all good, they're not great. And yeah. we all thought Edward was, you know, was going to be the answer, but even he just really struggled for consistent game time last season. Yeah, no, nah, he'd sort of have that purple patch where he might score five goals, but then he'd either be benched or wouldn't come close to scoring for about another six or seven weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But um, we might get on to our next team, which is Fulham. So looking um, at the plays they signed, actually, you know, they've signed some really good players. So Andreas Pereira from Manchester United, He's always that player during the preseason for United that always looked really good, and I'm like, I can't wait till he gets some game time, and then he would only sort of feature in the cup competitions, and then then get sent on loan. But um, from what I've watched so far in the preseason, it's been a small sample. He's actually hasn't looked too bad, and I think they're going to deploy him as sort of that advanced number ten role or somewhere across the midfield because he can play sort of right or left. Um, depending, obviously, what they want to do for him. And then the other player that they signed was J.O. Polina. Oh, very I good. If I pronounced <laughs> that correctly, I'm sure Tiana will let me know um, when you listen to the podcast. But a um, little scout mission that I did on him. He's a little bit raw, probably isn't sort of like a finished product yet, but he's quite skillful and very elusive and, you know, very strong on the ball. He... Tends to sit a little bit deeper um, last season, but he can sort of play more advanced as well. So just going to be depending, obviously, where they play Pereira. But he just he – rem- he reminds me of Tillemans. And so oh, yeah. that's, that's how they sort of deployed him last season was kind of that deep-line midfielder, but also at times found himself quite high and advanced and very creative in sort of that attacking area. So – I could I could see sort of like a Tillemans type thing, maybe a Tillemans uh, Madison type thing with him and Pereira, where sometimes one of them will sit deeper than the other and then sort of interchange throughout the game. But I haven't seen enough sort of preseason um, to determine sort of what they're going to do. But you know, a couple of the the fixtures that they've got, they've got. I think their decent fixtures start about week eight and go to about fourteen, yeah. and their worst fixtures are sort of. Uh, week four to week seven. So, you know, I've seen a lot of people with Mitrovic in, uh, Mitrovic in their team, which is not horrible because it, they can still lose games quite convincingly. But he, you know, he knows how to score a goal, which he proved last season. I'd just probably be more of a and wait and watch and see sort of if he's learnt from his previous mistakes and whether they've got mm-hmm. enough sort of weapons around him that can help him. I guess, uh, score the goals that he's going to need to score for him to stay up this year. But looking at a couple of the assets, obviously just mentioned Mitrovic, six and a half forward. Um, my favourite asset um, on their team is Harry Wilson, which is the same price as uh, Mitrovic. He, he's just an absolute 
uh, like he's just firepower. He's, yeah. uh, he's quick. He's skillful, creates his own shot. Um, and very good passing, very good passing vision. So a lot of the times last year, he didn't score as many goals as Mitrovic, but he also got lots of assists. So I think he's one player to really look out for a couple of preseason games. He's looked really good. Um, and then obviously you got Andreas Pereira at four and a half, which is, you know, a nice little enabler in the midfield there. But, you know, is there anyone that you want to touch on, mate, or is there anyone that you're sort of entertaining to start the season with? Well, I think Andreas Pereira is going to be a very popular pick for a lot of managers because he's he's fitting that sort of enabler slash sort of your fifth midfielder spot perfectly because we all know he's he's coming to that Fulham side to play and he's like you mentioned he's playing very attackingly high up the pitch and that's exactly what we want <laughs> from um sort of our budget enablers for that four point five price so um, yeah I wouldn't be surprised to see if he sort of right up there. In, in the effective ownership charts come game week one when when that deadline comes. And, yeah, currently in my squad, I've actually got Mitrovic in there at the moment. More more so just I'm not too sure what to do with that position, but at least I know Mitrovic is going to play. So I've, I've yeah. got him in there at the moment. Whether or not he stays there is a different story. But, yeah, I mean, the guy scored bucket loads of goals last season. And, you know, Marco Silva, we've seen in the past with his sides, you know, it, both at Everton and Watford, he loves to play. He just plays attacking football. He doesn't really care about defending. And <laughs> and if Fulham are going to stay up, I don't think they're going to survive by trying to just hold the fort and try and scrape a 1-0 win every week. They're going to ha- just have to go for it. And they may concede goals, but they may score as well. And, yeah, you touched on on Harry Wilson. I remember when he was at Bournemouth a few years ago, he, he had a really good period there and, um, so, yeah, he's 6.0. I don't think he's going to make many sides, but it, it, if Fulham get a good run of fixtures, I, I could definitely see him popping into a few sides there. Yeah, no, definitely. I, sort of, um, I wouldn't mind sort of looking at, uh, depending on obviously when our wild card is maybe looking at sort of one or two of those assets. But um, I, I know previous the previous season they were in there, they signed uh, Jonas, I think it's Jonas Siri. Oh, uh, yeah, um, yeah. And they were kind of hoping that he was going to sort of be that player that could help, obviously, the creativity, yeah. which was going to help Mitrovic score goals. But he kind of just didn't. He didn't never got settle. going. No, he never got going. I think they shipped him out on loan to, I think it was Fenerbahce in the end. <laughs> so, like, I, I couldn't believe they signed him because, you know, yeah. a big uh, football manager player. And then when they signed <laughs> Jonas Theory, I was kind of like, Jesus, like, why is he going to Fulham? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I think what people need to do is maybe just take a fresh look at Fulham and not sort of look at the Mitrovic from that season and maybe just go, let's just see what pieces are around him and, and how they're going to attack. Yeah, I, I think the style that Marco Silva has Fulham playing or had Fulham playing in last season is sort of polar opposites to the style that Scotty Parker did. And and we saw last time around, once Fulham made it to the Premier League, Scotty Parker just basically like put Mitrovic to the side. He put him out in the cold for the whole season and we never really saw him get going because he never really got the chance. So I'm yeah. sure it'll be different this time around. It, it kind of, they remind me of the opposite of what Wolves are going to do. Wolves are just going to defend <laughs> and maybe score like 30 goals, whereas he's probably going to concede 70 goals, but score about 150 goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be. Maybe they need to merge the two sides together. <laughs> There's one person that I might just quickly mention. Um, 
sort of as a preseason watch, uh, Cabano, I'm not sure how much uh, game time he's going to get, oh, yeah. but he looked phenomenal. <laughs> so okay. maybe he might be one to look at, but he just um, was everywhere, firing off shots, half volleys, just, yeah, the bloke was going absolute berserk um, in one of their troll games I was watching. So he might be worth maybe looking at. It's 5.5. So, mm. I mean, there's some people must have watched the preseason game because 0.1% of managers have already got him in their side. So <laughs> Auto auto pick. <laughs> yeah. That could be the case, I think. <laughs> yeah, Niskins Cabana. I'm having, having a look at him now. He must be Dutch with a name like Niskins. Yeah, who knows? Well, I thought McAllister was, um, you know, <laughs> Irish, but he's yeah, Argentinian, and he's now Argentinian. become my favorite uh, player from Argentina. So <laughs> everyone loves McAllister. <laughs> uh, we might get on to our next team, which is Aston Villa. A um, couple of their transfers they got in this season. They've done, you know, a couple of good pieces of business. So Diego Carlos, great defensively, um, loves a great long ball as well. And he's an absolute unit. I think I was watching, uh, might have been the game against Leeds. Um, oh, yeah. And Bamford were getting into it. Yeah. And I'm kind of <laughs> like, I don't think Bamford wants that smoke because <laughs> Diego Carlos looked like an angry man. Yeah, I think uh, Bamford sort of got, um, came up, born and raised in, you know, the hard streets of probably a, a preppy um, private school, whereas, yeah, um, Diego Carlos probably knows how to rumble out on the streets. I'd, I'd been avoiding that too. Yeah, no, Carlos kind of reminds me of the fellow that we chasing chickens around and then sort of biting <laughs> their heads off just for fun. So. Might be something about the name, like, you know, um, Diego. I remember um, Diego Costa, he was an absolute nutcase when he was at Chelsea too. <laughs> Great player, but just... Um, unhinged, yeah, unhinged. <laughs> 100 percent. Um, one of the other players they got in was Robin Olsen as sort of a backup for Martinez, but he didn't actually play too bad in their trial so far. And um Bubika Kamara. Um he can play sort of center back as well, but um I'd say they're probably gonna deploy him as sort of a defensive midfielder in next to McGinn. Yeah. But he has great passing ability. He's really good defensively so it might help them um how they're going to set up defensively having a player like him in front because he he does have you know i guess the the attributes of a center back but just um yeah a lot better um playing in the midfield than he is a center back but that also bodes well when he's sort of protecting you know that back four as well in front so i think he's going to actually have a maybe a bearing on how they're going to go defensively this season because he looked he's looked really good in a couple of preseason games that I've watched. And another player is uh, Ludwig Augustin, uh, a left back. So I don't think he's probably going to take – is it Digne that plays left? Yeah, so, yeah, Luca Dean plays um, oh, left Luca back Dean, in there. Sorry. Yeah, that's um, another name I've, I've got there, but um, that's all right. I I, I do I do like uh, Ludwig Augustinsson because uh, he he's a former Verden Bremen player, and so um, I I love the man. He went, ended up moving to Sevilla last season and didn't really get going at all. So yeah, he's come on for a season loan there at Villa, and yeah, I, I love what Villa's done here this season. They've sort of realised that their weakness was in defence, and they've sort of tried to strengthen up that core of the side by, you know, getting in Diego Carlos and um, Bubakar Kamara. So that's just great additions to the side. And it sort of allows the players in front of them to play a lot more attractive attacking football too with that confidence that the guys behind them are going to do the job. Yeah. 
No, definitely. Not. I sort of uh, did my uh, old scout mission just to see sort of I, I'd heard the name, but I haven't sort of seen him play. But you know, he's he's a great, he's a really good defender. Um, yeah, has great ball delivery into the box as well, which is something that they will need with the likes of Watkins and Denny Ing sort of you know occupying that striker role up front. Yeah, and I think I think Sevilla got caught out because I don't think they were expecting such a high bid for Diego Carlos. Like it was, it almost happened before the window opened. Two Villa just went bang bang and, and signed these two players, and I think they just went, oh my god. Uh, I mean, they do rate Diego Carlos, and he's he's highly rated. And you know, Villa were just smart. They just went, if that's the money you want, here's the money. Let's take the player. Everyone can just move on, and yeah, it just happens so clean. So it looks like a great fit. No, definitely. And sort of looking at their best fixtures, um, a lot of people are sort of maybe targeting them to start the season. Yeah. Um, I've written down, I'm just going to double check and fact check that I've got the right um, fixtures here. But um, I've written down, yeah, I've written down 8 to 16 as it sort of fixtures the target. So they'll start with Southampton. They've got Leeds, Nottingham Forest, then a sort of a tough um, fixture at Chelsea. Uh, against Chelsea, sorry. And then they've got Fulham, Brentford, Newcastle, Man United, which I wouldn't say would be the hardest fixture at the moment. And then <laughs> uh, Brighton to finish sort of that little run. So I think there's a nice run of games. And obviously the start of the season as well. Yeah. They've got Bournemouth, uh, Everton, which we spoke about earlier. If you're going to get four goals shipped against you against the MLS team, <laughs> I think um, you might struggle when you're playing a Premier League side. But um and you've got then Crystal Palace and then finish the sort of little mini run there against West Ham. So Yeah, it's a good think, run. It's a good start of the season. I think, yeah, a lot of managers are maybe sleeping on, on Villa. And, yeah, I mean, I was a little bit disappointed with what they did. Uh, it was last night, wasn't it? They played Brisbane Raw up in Townsville. Yes. And they looked a little bit sluggish, but I think um, Emmy Martinez was, was talking after the game and he sort of mentioned that, they sort of come the, – the game followed a double session that they did the day before and they spent about three hours travelling for the game. So it probably wasn't going to be their sharpest effort. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of potential with those first few fixtures there. Yeah, no, definitely. And sort of we might just touch on a couple of the assets. So Philippe, uh, Philippe Coutinho signed on a permanent deal now with mm-hmm. Villa and he actually look, – he's looked really good in the preseason. Obviously, 7.0, so as we've mentioned with Zaha, it's like an awkward price range, but it's probably the perfect price for him as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a good good price. Um, didn't go up. It probably didn't deserve to go down, but there's a lot of potential there. And then obviously you've got Ollie Watkins, 7.5 up front, who looks like he'll probably nab the starting role. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Leon Bailey that I've written down at 5.0, I think. He's Your probably man. been the standout. <laughs> Of the preseason, him and Archer have probably been the two players that have looked the best preseason. So, I've I've heard a couple of saw a couple of I guess um, I'm not sure whether you say them insiders to the Villa work, oh, yeah. but they reckon it's going to start. They're going to start the season with Watkins up front, and they're going to play Leon Bailey and Coutinho in behind oh, yeah. as sort of like I guess roaming attacking midfielders, and then obviously have McGinn and Bubakar Kamara in behind there, sort of holding defensive roles. So not 100% sure whether, you know, that's what's going to happen. But if Leon Bailey is playing attacking midfielder, he's definitely going to be in a lot of people's sides. 
Yeah, and especially if he nails that starting position too. So, I mean, we still got a few more games to go this preseason. I think they play again a couple nights' time over in Perth. So we'll, we'll get another good look at them. And the only issue for Leon Bailey so far in his Villa career has just been consistency. He just seems to keep picking up injuries. Even when he comes back, he picks up an injury. So um, there's definitely potential there. Like we saw him absolutely kill it when he was at Bayer Leverkusen and I know about four years ago, Chelsea were linked with him. At one point, he was tearing it up. But, um, yeah, a big season for Bailey because, yeah, the, the club sort of forked out quite a bit of cash for him. So he needs to start repaying them. And best way is by putting the ball in the net. <laughs> exactly. I sort of, when they did sign him, I was kind of pumped to see how he'd go and then obviously got the injury. And yeah. As you said, just no consistency in and out of the side. He'd come back and then he'd sort of get a niggle and then you wouldn't see him for another few games and... So. Yeah, and, and there's um, also a lot of value at the back too. So um, I think what's the the, ga- the Polish um... <laughs> the Polish cafe, yeah. my boy Matty Cash, uh, Matthias Kozlowski. <laughs> I like I like to call. Him. So they've done the the game have done well by sort of pricing him at the same price as Luca Dean. So it gives you a, that decision to make because I think if one was slightly cheaper than the other, we'd all probably flock to one of them, but. At the same price, I mean, probably Luca Dean probably nudges it more slightly because he's just his delivery with the ball is is unbelievable. He gets so many touches in the box. But we saw last season, Matty Cash just had an unbelievable season, and I think he got 147 points last season, four goals, three assists, extremely reliable. He plays every single game. Um, he, he got four double-digit hauls last season too, and outside of the you know the top six clubs, he was the highest-scoring defender. So, yeah, I mentioned before with the addition of Bubakar Kamara and Diego Carlos, there's you know a lot more appeal from the clean sheet perspective there for him. And yeah, those two two um, fullbacks are going to have license to go forward. So I think depending on which one you go for, I think they're both going to bang. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I sort of. I've taken cash in and out of my side about four times to the <laughs> yeah. draft, so I'm sort of not sold on whether he's going to be there or not, but um, mm. you're definitely uh, making a good case, mate, because I'm now sort of thinking maybe I should just leave him in there and then obviously keep watching preseason games, and then if he's still there at the end, then he'll just stay. Yeah, I've I've always found in the past Luca Dean's can be a real troll FPL asset. Like there's been times <laughs> I've had him, he's been fantastic. There's other times where he'll get a, a dumb red card. And even in last night's game, if if that was a real game, he would have got sent off for that challenge he, he put in last night. He went studs yeah. in. Um, any other day, that's that's a straight red. So, yeah, he, he does have a tendency to frustrate, but he can also absolutely accumulate the points at free will. I still don't understand how that – wasn't a red card, but that uh, that fella from United, Fish. <laughs> yeah, Fish. <laughs> it was. I, I still am struggling to find what was so like. Uh, yeah, I don't fancy know. giving out a red card in a friendly. What are these referees doing? <laughs> Give the people a show. Because I didn't get to watch the game, and I sort of uh, I was at work uh, and my lunch break. Well, it's, it was midnight, and it was on night shift, but um. Yeah, everyone was going, oh, that fish, what an idiot. And I was thinking, oh, he must have, like, bloody kicked someone's head off or something. And I watched <laughs> nah, it and he just thinking, pulled someone. <laughs> I was just like, oh, anyway. Yeah. Um, it doesn't do, do anyone any favours. When you send off a player in a friendly, it doesn't do either team any favours because it just, it just throws everything out of proportion. See, that was probably the first and last time I'm going to see that fish. So I'd never heard of him and then <laughs> so... I'm probably never going to see him again. So <laughs> He's had his one chance. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, I just before we move on to the next team, I might just touch on Archer. Do you think obviously you've got Watkins and then you've got Denny Ings? Do you think there's a reality where Archer, if he continues obviously his good form preseason, whether he's going to see any game time, or do you think it's more just going to be cup competitions and maybe you wait a couple of years? Yeah, I, I think more he might go back out on loan because I'm pretty sure he was out on loan for the second half of last season. So yeah. I, I'm pretty sure the club's going to be looking to to do the same thing for him. So, yeah, I mean, he's probably just trying to impress a lot of suitors at the moment. But, I mean, he keeps doing all he can do at the moment, scoring goals in, in the games he's playing. So, um, yeah, he did do well the other night getting getting that goal, but... Um, yeah, I think as far, especially if you mentioned if if Gerard's going to be playing that sort of one man up front with the three behind him with you know Bay Coutinho um, sort of behind him, I think it's it's going to be Ollie Watkins. He's he's yeah. clearly head and shoulders like the the ideal um, option there, and then you got Danny Ings behind him because he's there on on big money. So um, yeah, whether or not Archer wants to stay to sort of play third string or not, that's sort of up to up to him, I suppose. But yeah, I think it's Ollie Watkins or Bust. Yeah, no, nah, definitely. Well, we might get on to our next team, which we've got Brentford. So looking at their transfers, they haven't done a great deal, but the player they did bring in, Aaron Hickey, I rate him big time. I sort of did my research, YouTube, lots of videos. Um, the kid is an absolute dynamite play. He's great on the ball, great with both feet, loves to get forward and has an eye for goal as well. Scored five goals last season from wing back. Mm. And he's only 20 years old as well. And he's a Scottish international. So yeah, you, depending... don't, you don't see too many Scottish players playing out in Syria. <laughs> no, you don't actually. That's a good point. <laughs> so yeah, he's he's done it. He's done it tough, but yeah, he's he's done well. And like you said, he's he could be a, a genuine out of position player. Like if Thomas Frank decides to sort of play him around, because he has literally played all over. When I was having a look at his his heat maps the last few seasons, he he can play as a left back, he can play as a right back, left winger, right winger. So um, whether or not Thomas Frank just decides to play him as a defender or not, we'll we'll have to wait and see. But you saw last season was that Sergi Kenos. Yeah. He was like a back, but then he played. You saw how high he got last season. Um, I just think I'm I'm pretty sure he's going to be starting. He started every trial game Yeah, um, when they play like their first team players. So I think he could be one to look at because their fixture run, I'm just looking now, their best fixtures go from week two to week 15. So yeah. there's a couple of... Um, I'd say tough fixtures in amongst that, but I think they their fixtures don't usually group up in multiple hard fixtures altogether. So they start the season with Leicester, which they've classed it as a red fixture, but until I'll probably see a little bit more from uh, Leicester's defense, I, I wouldn't class that as a very yeah. sort of hard fixture. But um, they've got Man United, which last season you know was high scoring game. Got Fulham, got Everton, got Crystal Palace, got Leeds. Southampton, Arsenal, Bournemouth, Newcastle, Brighton. So, you know, there's a decent run of games. And then obviously they've got the game against Chelsea, which is a tough tough fixture for them. But then, you know, they go Aston Villa, Wolves and Nottingham Forest. So I really think you could nearly target them from the start. Yeah, you could. You could easily have them in your side heading into game week one and be pretty confident that you could keep them in there for the first six, seven weeks and target your transfers on, on other positions in your side. Because at the moment I've got uh, Aaron Hickey, Cash, and I can't figure the other person I've been rotating in and out of my side. So 
it's um yeah it's it's I need to see a bit, a bit more sort of I guess uh, sample size with Hickey and seeing yep. how how they're going to play whether they're going to allow him to get forward like he did last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Whether he gets that opportunity or not, I think he was playing maybe as a right back the other day um, in in that friendly game. But yeah, an- another one there that's arrived is Keen Lewis Potter. Um, he's yeah. coming to the game at five point five million from Hull City, and yeah, an attacking left wing. He scored twelve goals last season and had three assists. So he seems to have hit the ground running in preseason. He scored in the the two all draw with with Strasbourg the other day, along with um, Visa. He scored as well. So I know Visa is. He's a name I keep seeing pop up quite a bit um, yeah. on FPL Twitter. He's he's had, I mean, he, he did have a decent season last year. So um, seven goals, two assists last season. Um, and he seems to sort of be nailing that position in the side sort of as that attacking mid. So, yeah. and now with sort of Embuemo reclassified as a forward, maybe um, someone like Visa could be our outer position midfielder that we're looking to get forward at that, that budget price this season. Yeah, because obviously uh, Ericsson's gone to United, so yeah. I have a feeling that um, uh, we see he's going to actually take a starting role and play a lot higher than obviously just the normal midfielder is going to play. Yeah, yeah, he looks like playing almost in the front three sometimes. So getting on to the assets that we're speaking of, we said five point five classes a midfielder. Uh, you got Raya at four point five classes a goalkeeper, depending on whether. He has the starting role, or yeah. whether it'll be their other new signing, which Thomas um, Strakosha. Yes, that's, I'm glad you pronounced <laughs> that because I probably wouldn't have done it that well. But um, I've been told from people that reckon that they um, know a bit about what's going to happen is that they've told Ryle will be the goalkeeper to start week one. Yeah, and then it'll just depend on how how that all goes. So. Yeah, I, I think a player like Strakosha arriving at, at Brentford, he's not there to sit on the bench. And I, I wonder if this is sort of an insurance policy for Brentford because there's been noises that Raya actually wants to leave. And so yeah. now they, if they can get in, get the right price for him, they'll, they'll probably let him leave now. Um, yeah, because yeah, uh, he's been decent at Lazio, sort of been sharing minutes with Pepe Reina over the last couple of seasons. So they've got a ready-made replacement there. But, yeah, I suppose it comes down to, to David Rea. And, I mean, at 4.5, I I must admit, when I did my first side a few weeks ago, I had David Rea in my side straight away. But I've taken him out only because I'm not too sure if he's going to be there or not. I need to see sort of a few more sides in preseason heading into game week one. Yeah, no, definitely. I've been the same. And looking at some of the bad fixtures, you're pretty much on week 33 to the end of the season. You're probably not going to own any Brentford assets. So definitely think if you are intrigued by their assets, you can probably wait for the first game of the season, Mm. see how um, they line up, who's playing where, see how high Wiss is playing, and then even jump on them week week two, week three, if, you know, you're wanting to do that. But, yeah, I've had Ryer on my team. I think I had Meslier. I've had uh, Sanchez. Like, I think it was after the Leeds game um, where Meslier just, you know, would look like an absolute freak of nature. <laughs> and I was just like, I think it was halftime and I'm like, I'm putting you in my team. <laughs> Straight in. <laughs> Open up the app. <laughs> <laughs> but, um do you think Brentford are going to be like last season? A lot of people didn't expect them to start the way they did defensively. Could you see them doing something similar this time around, or do you think that 
a lot of teams have sort of found out how they're going to sort of play and defensively this season, they might not sort of start the season like they did last year. Yeah, quite often in the league, we see teams that get promoted, like they'll have a stellar first preseason, uh, first season, I should say. And then the follow-up is always quite difficult. I'm trying to sort of hit those levels because, like you mentioned, teams work out how to set up against them. And I think the loss of Ericsson's a, a big one too because we saw Brentford was sort of flatlining halfway through the season. And then once Ericsson came and he started to get going. Then Brentford got going again. He sort of like restarted their season and gave him a bit of a jump start. Um, I mean, Ivan Tony is a great forward. You know he's going to play every single week. He's had a slight price increase there. Um, He did get 12 goals last season. He probably needs to up that a little bit more this season. And if Brian Mbwemo can convert like 30 of the, the posts that he hit last season into goals, then uh, they're going to score a lot more goals this season. So he's 6.0, reclassified as a forward. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, an- another player is someone like Josh De Silva. So 4.5 million. He did score in one of those preseason games the other, um, I think, a couple of weeks ago. But when Brentford were in the championship a few years ago, Josh De Silva was, like, probably Brentford's maybe second best player behind Ivan Tony. He was such a, a driving force for that side. He plays a little bit deeper in the midfield. And then he missed nearly the entire season last year with an injury. So um, if he can get going, maybe he can feel a little bit of that void that Christian Eriksen leaves. He's not going to be anywhere as creative, but he's going to be able to drive that midfield and sort of create other things and let other players do what they have to do. Yeah. No, I've been actually quite impressive this preseason. I think he's strung about two decent games together now where he's looked really good. Yeah, he's a good player when he when he gets going. He he came in towards the end of last and he started to play a few of the games and I think he got a dumb red card too, so he missed missed the game. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's. I think Brentford. I think if they can, they can probably improve on how they went last season. It's it's a big season for them. But um, with that start to the season, that those fixtures you touched on before that game week one to seven, it looks really good and they could really get going and. I see clean sheet points. I see attacking returns as well. So, and at those prices, there's lots of bargains there. So, I think a lot of people are going to be tweaking their sides, sort of game week two to five, to try and fit one or maybe even two Brentford players in, because it'll then allow you to do more with your side with with more funds in the bank. Yeah, no, definitely. I think there are a lot of enablers in Brent- yeah. Brentford's side. I'd just be sort of, I guess, seeing how they're going to line up. Because I think if Wizard does line up in that starting role week one, I think you're going to see a lot of people sort of putting him in as either their fourth midfielder or their their fifth midfielder as sort of to allow them to spend money elsewhere. Yeah, he's he's definitely a player that I think will end up in a lot of sides very quickly. Um, before we sort of touch on obviously how our sides are looking at the moment, um, Simon from our Aussie group chat, um, I was talking to him today and he was asking... Do you think it's best to just go with the expensive options or would you have a mix of two sort of two of the big hitters and then maybe fill the rest of your defensive line of 4.5 and maybe one 5.0 and then just rotate? Oh, yeah. it's. I mean, you can get it, the way the game is priced this season, you can get a pretty good blend across the side. So you, you can, I mean, generally at the moment the – the template is allowing you to have um, a, two premiums and then you can have a pretty decent heavy-hitting back line. Yep. But then if you want to get like the 
you know, the threemium as, as they're calling it. So maybe trying to get in an extra cane or a sun. There's lots of options to actually go budget at the back. Um, but yeah. I mean, you, you won't get anywhere near the returns that you'll get with someone like a Trent or a Cancelo. But we've talked, we've just talked tonight about teams like Villa who have good fixtures to start the season, teams like Brentford. You know, there's lots of cheap options there. And if you're shaving like two mil off this player, um, you know, one and a half off that, that it, it can go a long way with those premiums, but you're sort of putting all your eggs in that one basket. I think to start the season, you want to have that equal balance because it allows you to sort of flip around. There's yeah. always bandwagons at the start of the season. Like that every single season is always the same. After game week three, the game will completely change. And what we're thinking now will be completely different. So we need to be flexible and move towards that. No, definitely. And then also, Talking about the cheap keepers versus the top three, four keepers, I think this year there's actually probably a lot of options at different price points for keepers. Yeah. I think, like, you got obviously your premiums of Allison and Edison are sort of, you know, your peak players. Mm. But then you, you go down below that at 5.0, you got Saar, you got Ramsdale. I think Martinez, is he 5.0 this year as well? Yeah, he is, yeah. Yep, so you got him as well. Then you got Pope at Newcastle who, you know, have decent fixtures to start the season. So I think there's a lot of options there. And then obviously your cheap players like Sanchez, you know what you're going to get with him. Probably not as um, many of sort of the, the BPS or sort of save points with Sanchez, but you're going to get a lot more clean sheets. Yeah. Um, especially at home. And then obviously you've got David Ryer, um, even Meslier, I'm not sure how Leeds will go defensively this year. They weren't great last year, but I think with a lot of players that have come back and not injured now, I think their defense might be a lot better this year. But I think there's just a lot of options. And I guess Mendy being priced at 5.0 as well is also <laughs> quite tempting. Yeah. Another thing to consider, though, for, for those managers that are thinking of going, you know, I, I'm going to go get Allison because he's, uh, you know, he's had a 0.5 price drop this season, or I'm going to get Edison or, or Mendy. That, that's that's all well and good, and I can definitely see the appeal of that. But you have to think down the line if, say, Liverpool absolutely start the season on fire like they easily could, you probably want to have three Liverpool players in your side. And if you're handicapped because you've got Allison, you've got to burn a transfer just to get rid of him and then you've got to burn another transfer to get in that other Liverpool asset. So you need to, um, while not handicapping yourself, just just keep an eye on that and keep that in the back of your mind. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, we might just get over to how our sides are looking. So um, I had a bit of a laugh with Matt Day. He's laughing at how many drafts I'm doing because I kind of <laughs> just said um, at the start of the season I'll do one and then I won't touch my team. Yeah. And then I think like every third day I send him through like another two and he's just like, geez, you're really racking up the drafts. But um <laughs> Is your camera roll just like constant, like just screenshots from the FPL app? <laughs> well, it, it is a little bit, but now obviously with um, doing all the content and all the team previews, it's pretty much just lots of just screenshots of fixtures and uh, yeah. Yeah. My currently it's just an absolute mess. But um <laughs> I'm sort of looking at, at the moment, I've got, I'll get up my first sort of team that I've done up. So I'm going to roll with sort of like a, I guess, a one at the front. So at the moment, yep. I've got Kane up front and mm-hmm. then obviously got the two, the bench sort of, I guess you call them sort of, I think I've got Plange and Falls from Brentford sort of not really expecting big things from them. But then I've got Mount, Saka, uh, I've got Salah, 
Um, I've got Sancho, and then I've got obviously Andreas Pereira there. Yeah. Um, sort of, sort of trying to take the advantage of getting Arsenal, getting Chelsea, mm. getting in Liverpool assets. And then in the back line, you know, I've got um, at the moment I've got Kukurea, I've got Neko Williams, Cancelo, Trippier, Alexander Arnold, which Trippier, Cancelo, and uh, Trent have pretty much not left my side since I made my first one. So yeah. At the moment, they're probably going to stay there. And obviously, got David Raya in goals, but he's went from um, Meslier to Sanchez to Raya <laughs> to, and um, you know, if Bazunu from um, Southampton if he gets a starting role, you know, there's going to be a point in the season where I might be looking at him as well. But I just um, did a bit of a fun one just before to see what a side could look like if he went the freemium oh, after yeah. watching uh, Kevin De Bruyne just absolutely um, <laughs> kill it today. So. Still got Ryer in goals, and then you've got Trent, Trippier, Cancelo, Neko, Williams, Kukurea. Then you've got Mount, Salah, Leon Bailey, De Bruyne, and then you've got Kane. And then on mm-hmm. the bench, on Andreas Pereira, then you've got obviously the two um, Nuffies that are up front. So I don't think I would do the freemium strategy, but that side doesn't look too bad, especially if Bailey gets that starting role. Yeah, and as far as the, the freemium goes, I haven't seen any freemiums with um... – with Salah, KDB, and Kane, they they tended to be um, Salah, Sun, and Haaland. Yeah, so that's that's different, but it could be extremely explosive. <laughs> but um, how's your side looking, mate? Have you sort of done many drafts up, or you sort of been disciplined as doing the one and then just um? I haven't I haven't tinkered that much. I sort of set aside a few um, weeks ago, and I, I you know, I, I've sort of done the odd thing here and there, but currently I'm still I'm still sticking with the four four two. The the structure I don't think is going to change too much. So um, currently I've got yeah Meslier in goals. Yeah, that like you was David Raya before, but <laughs> if I know he's going to stay, I'll, I'll put Raya back because I just love that start to the season, and hopefully we see Leeds also um, do quite well for the rest of this preseason here down in Australia. Cause those fixtures are pretty decent too. So I'd yeah. be happy to keep Meslier in because I know he's going to play and he's going to make saves. So yeah, that back line, like a lot of people, I've got Trent, Cancelo, Reese James, and then yeah, I've got the Polish Cafu, Matty Cash <laughs> at the moment at that 5.0. Then the midfield, I've got Bruno Guimarez, uh, James Madison, Mo Salah and uh, Deki Kulusevski. And then up front, I've got the two. I've got Mitrovic and Haaland. So with this structure, I've, I've wanted to have two um, 8.0 slots in the midfield because I think there's just so many options. Yeah. And it will allow me to jump on and off the players that are in form with the good fixtures because there's just a massive wide range of players. Like we got Mount, we got Mares, Saka, like the list is endless. So... And if at least if I've got two spots there, you know, even someone I haven't even talked about yet is um, Diaz from Liverpool as well. He's priced at eight point oh. Yeah, know, he, he's quite popular as well. So if, <clears throat> if I've got those two spots there, I can then pick and choose who I want at the time. And yeah, so it, I've seen a lot of sides at the moment just have that one spot, and yeah. you're sort of a, a bit tied up. And I like Kulusevski for that first week against Southampton because I know he's definitely going to play. Uh, Richarlison's yeah. suspended. And we saw Kulusevski probably really be the, the second-half signing of last season. He was unbelievable. And we know he plays in that front line there with, with Sonny and Kane. He's going to get plenty of chances to get goals and assists. So, um, yeah, whether or not this side stays the same, I think the majority of it will. Um, it's probably just a, a bit of fine-tuning on the edges at the moment. 
is there are you sort of similar to me where I'm not fully buying into the the Arsenal sort of attacking hype at the moment because I've got Saka there because obviously can't go Jesus uh, Jesus up front but um there's a part of me that wants to maybe go without Saka the first week and maybe go a Kulusevski or someone like that. Yeah, it's not that I'm fully against it. I just I see a lot of I know that um, Gabriel Jesus is extremely popular and he's having a fantastic preseason. So I completely see where the appeal is coming from, but I just feel I can use those funds better in the midfield. I think there's just more value in midfield because if yeah. someone like like I've got a Madison, for instance, so if someone like a Madison scores, you know, he could easily score, you know, two or three goals in the first four weeks. And yeah. if Gabriel Jesus is doing the same thing, Madison's probably getting more bonus points. He's getting the extra point for the goal. And he's also yeah. getting clean sheet points too if Leicester start off quite well. So, um, yeah, the, uh, after Gabriel Jesus, the only other option is Saka. But, you know, if I'm comparing Saka to someone like Madison, I, I think I'm tending to go more with a, a Madison or even a Mason Mount because I think they can just be more explosive. Yes, he's... I feel like Saka just ticks over. He might go yeah. six, seven, eight, six, whereas Madison might go three, but then he'll go 21, and then he'll go 12, yeah. and then he might go three. Yeah, that, that's right. I mean, we, we've seen – we know Zinchenko's literally signed with Arsenal, but I'm keen to see how Arteta actually plays him in the side. Is, is he going to be a, a left-back or is he going to play – um, you know, in the midfield like he does for the national side. We, we just don't know yet. So maybe he could come into the side for someone like a Matty Cash there. Yep, no, definitely. Well, that wraps up our pod for this week, mate. I'd like to thank you for coming on. And um, I know you're probably going to come on a, a, maybe once or twice throughout the season as well, but definitely had to get you on for your Chelsea insight, mate. Uh, slash bias, absolutely no problem at all. It was a, a pleasure to join you. Damo, again, I hope you, you're feeling a lot better. But, um, yeah, we'll, we will have that West Ham is massive chat next time around. <laughs> Let's hope that they're not massive at the time. So <laughs> Let's hope not. Good <laughs> um, we'll head over to our Twitter, FPL underscore amateur underscore Oz. Um, you'll find all of our sort of team previews. I think I've done about 13 at the moment. And then obviously my preseason game thread, which is a lot of work. But um, come the season, there's probably going to be about 60, 60 plus fixtures for people <laughs> to sort of um, roughly browse over. So I think I've got another three I've got to do tonight slash tomorrow morning and get them up. But um, yeah, not not a lot of information, but just sort of look, a few key dot points of what I've sort of witnessed uh, watching some of the trial games. Yeah, I've seen you being a very busy man. I do find it handy, actually, with those preseason things where I could sort of see the main things like who scored, who had the assist. <laughs> so it comes in very handy. Yeah, no, it's sort of, you know, people that want tactical analysis, they're not going to get it. They're just going to get it. Um, <laughs> oh, you just need the dot points with preseason. That's <laughs> it. Keep it simple. 100%. And um, for our podcast, head over to Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, and I think Google um podcast as well and remember if you do like the content do rate it five stars it does help us sort of get more listeners um when they see that our podcast is at the top because everyone's been nice enough to rate us five stars and for all of pete's um you see all these links for his podcast on his page fpl sidenet um are you did you say you should be kicking your podcast off soon yeah andrew and i will be um back behind the microphones next week for our first episode 
Perfect. And if you haven't listened to their podcast, definitely do it because you get a bit of everything. You get movie quotes, you get just <laughs> random talk, which, you know, we love to do on our podcast as well, but you also get great analysis as well. And Andrew's he's proven being on your podcast last year, he offers a lot of great insight. Yeah, and yeah, we've we've turned his loan deal into a, the permanent signing this season. So it's great to have. We're, we're playing two up top this season. <laughs> you, you've done what I did with Damo. I kind of just invited <laughs> him on a guest like four weeks in a row and just said, you may as well just stay now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a great addition to the side. So really looking forward to kicking it off next week. No, definitely. Well, good luck, everyone. And um, hopefully you've done as many drafts as I have and uh, continue <laughs> to tinker a few sides leading into the season. <laughs> We'll be back later in the week of another uh, preview episode.